Good to be in church, isn't it? Home. Relax at home. This is home. This is home. I think I'll read the scriptures first, eh? Is that always a good thing to do? So uh, Ephesians, if you've got your Bible, turn to Ephesians 1. Uh, and I'm going to read from verse 3, and I think we've got it. Look at that. Isn't that cool? Got your Bible? You ready to go? You don't know where we're going, do you? <laughs> Neither do I. That's always fun. So here we go. Let's just read. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Even before he made the world, he loved you. You know, it's easy to think it's for the person next to you, but that's for you this morning. Before the world was made, like that's mind-boggling. He loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Hopefully I'll get back to talk a little bit uh, about without fault. But I think that's one of the amazing things about God. And I think Brett sort of touched on it. But didn't Brett do a great job? Great job this morning, Brett. Isn't it phenomenal that, you know, knowing all our past, all our bits and pieces where we're a bit broken and we've done a few things wrong, but that God looks at us without fault. It, it's absolutely incredible. I was having a conversation with Victor the other day, and I was talking about how, you know, as humans, we're really not that good at forgiving people, really. You know, when we think about God and he says, my mercies are new every morning, that when I wake up in the morning with God, everything I've done, he's forgotten, and he sees me today with all potential and good and excitement and with none of that past. Whereas we look at people sometimes and we say we forgive them, but they walk back into our lives and do something and we bring back all those things. And it's not like we look at them with a new look every morning, is it? It's like we go, yeah, well, I sort of do, but I remember all those horrible, naughty things you've done. But God doesn't. Without fault. Sometimes, I think we personally sit there looking at all our faults. And we don't move on to the next thing because we let the past, the way we see ourselves, stop us from going, man, I'm completely forgiven. You know, the enemy, I reckon one of the biggest things the enemy wants to do to you is to tell you that you are unworthy to serve God. He tells you that you are not, and he's got all these things that you're not. Well, oh, you're not good enough. You've got all these things where you've been. You've got sin. You're, you're, you're not. And so what happens is that paralyzes us because we begin to believe it. And we don't turn around and go, no, I'm going to walk in everything that God's got for me. I'm going to go make a difference. 
if you heard me a couple of weeks ago, I, I said I'd had this vision of uh, men sitting, spiritually sitting. And I think part of the reason sometimes we sit is because we know our own frailties and we know some things in our lives that aren't that good. And so we don't think we can stand and do what God's called us to do. I, I face that all the time. I know my own faults and my own areas, and sometimes I'm thinking, God, surely I'm the wrong person to be standing up here. Surely I'm the wrong person to be leading this or doing that. And I then come to a scripture like this, and I get encouraged when God goes, no, you're without fault. Because of Jesus, you're without fault. You're called. You're chosen. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. And by bringing himself through Jesus Christ, and by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. And we've celebrated that this morning with with communion. That reminds us that we are forgiven, that we're free. Man, that's awesome. He has showered his kindness on on us, along with all wisdom and all understanding. Verse 9, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, Because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Everything work out. Like, it's quite relaxing. Now, look, one of the things that I've been, because I've been ended up reading Ephesians, God keeps taking me to Ephesians, which is quite cool because it's a great book. But, you know, when I look at this word here where it says we have received an inheritance from God, I think in my mind, I've believed that that's an inheritance that I will receive when I get to heaven. But the more I read this, the more I'm seeing and believing that God has given me the inheritance of all those things right now. For me to live in right now. All that he has given me and promised is for me to walk in right now. Um, It's a little bit like a person who has a million dollars in their bank account, but leaves it there and lives in poverty because they don't think they can access the million dollars. I mean, we'd all go, you're nuts. If you've got a million dollars in your bank, how many people would like a million dollars in their bank? Man, 
But it would be nuts to live a life of poverty while you had a million dollars in the bank. Yet so often in our Christian walk, we live a life of poverty, spiritually. We don't realize what we've got access to. All of what he's promised us. Let me read on. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us. You're chosen. There's no coincidences in God. You are in the right place at the right time. As a church, we're in the right place at the right time. Totally. Yeah, totally. My sister said totally, so totally. (laughs) And he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose, verse 12, was that we, we Jews, so this is Paul writing, so he was a Jew, who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles, that's you and me, <clears throat> have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see what you want us to see. Lord, I pray you would help us to hear what you want us to hear. Lord, I thank you for your presence here. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we thank you for increase last week and, and just the, the great wisdom and impact that that had into our life and to the life of our church. Lord, I pray you'd help us now just to hear and to receive. Lord, I pray you make your plan clear to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, how many people were at Increase last week? Good, good majority. Okay. Um, for those of you who weren't, um, I just want you to encourage you to go and listen to the podcasts that are up. Because uh, over that weekend, there was, I think every message was a divine message for, for us as a church. It was for us, especially as a church, and every one of them from the very first one that John Pierce talked about, spiritual things, and, and that we're in a spiritual, but in, in, in a great way, I thought his revelation and his way that he explained it was, was simple, but, but easy to understand that, hey, yes, we are in a spiritual battle. Then it's about renewing our mind, Vicky talking about everyone can hear from God. There's no special person. There's no, we all are called. To hear from God. You are called to hear him. Hear him. He's speaking to us all. Uh, it's one of those uh, things that we believe. The priesthood of all believers. What's that? That's that, that instead of having to go to a priest to connect with God, God has made that so that we can personally hear from God. Jesus is, is our priest, and that's how we have access to God. Uh, it's quite phenomenal. And so we've had amazing revelation. And I want you to just, if you can, go and listen to those messages. We're, there was also some prophetic messages in there. Prophetic messages from Pastor uh, John, who I'd say is a, a bit of an uh, apostle. He's certainly an apostle in the C3 movement. And then Vicky, who's, who's a, a prophet. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you realize that three years ago we had a similar combination. 
We had Luca, who was a prophetic prophet, Pastor Luca, and we had Pastor Mike Connell, who was an apostolic leader. And they come together and they bring, bring you a connection that, that means that they flow together, but is a word for the church. And so if you were here, you heard some prophetic words. And um, I don't know about you, I get excited hearing those words. But I also go, what do, what do we do? What does it mean? <laughs> Where do we go from here? What do you do with that? And so I'm just going to tell you the little bits that I can see and that I can tell you. But it's a little bit for me like this. God wants us as a church to do a million piece jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> and I've got a few pieces In fact, everybody in the room has got some pieces. And we can sort of see the picture, but you can't. You remember those was jigsaws, which you sort of can see. They show you from behind, and then you try and do the picture from the front. Does everybody know what a was jig is? It's sort of like that. We've got a few bits. Nobody's got the full picture, but everybody's got a little piece. And like Vicky said, which I think was quite divine, every person in this place, in this church, is needed to fulfill that. Every person is important in finding their place and their purpose. So we've all got a piece. We've got to work out what, what to do with that piece and how to outwork that piece and what we do with it. And that's exciting. For some of us, who like to know exactly what's going to happen in our future, it's a bit scary. Now, there's some of us that are really laid back, and we just sort of waltz in and go, oh, well, it'll be fine. We'll just see what happens. And there's some of us in between there, okay? But we're all somewhere as a church. Now, so I've, um, what, uh, I think I've shared it with a few places, but I don't think I've actually shared it in church. But three months ago, four months ago in May, when Pastor Luca came, he... Uh, he talked to Eleanor and I. He gave us a word from the church. How many people remember that word from the church? Seven mountains. Oh, that was pretty interesting. And Vicky gave us a word of a wheel with six or seven spokes. It was pretty similar in some ways, wasn't it? Very similar. Okay. So, so Luca, after that meeting, sat, me, sat Eleanor and I down and drew a picture on, on our whiteboard as to where we are as a church. And so this is the picture. I've redrawn it. This is my, my drawing. Drawing's not my, my best thing. But it will just tell you a bit of an idea where we are. And so he drew this line first up to that point, the 7th of the May 23, and said, this is our church and the time of what's gone on up until that day. Okay? And he said, Everything that happened is exactly on track with what God wanted and is the will of God and is the right thing and the people are calm, people are being. And look, that, that road is, is, is further than the, the uh, I suppose, the life of the church. The church is about 65 years ago old. It's even further than that. It's God doing whatever he needed to do to get us to this point right there. And then he said, and at this point, now... Everything changes. Everything changes. I go, uh, what do you mean by everything? <laughs> everything changes, like, you know, like everything? What, like, what, what does that mean? And then he drew the dotted lines, and then he drew the little mountain. 
up there, the seven mountains. And he said, as a church, you're in transition. The dot, dot, dot is transition. And I'm going, what does that mean? Well, transition. You just, you're transitioning as a church. And if you heard Vicky's word, which was very similar to, to what Luca had said to us that day, was that God is doing something different and that you have to find, in a sense, a new way to do church. And what does that look like? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> I've got little glimpses of little things along the way, but I can't see it all. And so this morning I thought I would just, I'd just tell you the little bits that I can see. Now here's the first thing that I want you to do, is just relax. You don't have to worry. I'm not going anywhere. Ellen is not going anywhere. We're all, we're not firing anybody. We're not doing anything like that. Victor's excited. Okay. Just got to relax. Now here's what you've got to do. And this is, this is for me what we've got to try and work out is timing. You know, and then at times I've felt God's given me a picture and I'm thinking, I've got to make it happen now. And so I've got really sort of, you know, manic going, we've got to do it now. And then God said, well, look, it's over a period of time. So just relax and make the right decisions. And so that's going to take wisdom. That's, that's you, because it's said in the scripture here that God's given you wisdom to work out everything according to his plan. He has showered us with kindness on us, along with all wisdom and all understanding. So we've got to get some wisdom. And we're on transition road. So what do we need to do? Well, the first thing I think we need to do is we need to listen. And God's been telling me that in the last three months. In fact, at one stage, I got a little bit carried away and I said to every guy that I saw, saw, are you listening to your wife? Which was a good thing anyway, but, uh, you know, are you listening to your wife? If you don't listen to your wife, your children won't listen to their mother. Ooh, that's true, isn't it? And the reason that half the children are not listening to their mothers is because husbands are not listening to their wives. That was a very soft amen from the ladies, wasn't it? (laughs) We've all got to be listening. We've got to be listening to God, number one. Vicky, reinforce that. You have got to hear from God. You've got to be able to hear what God's saying to you. Now, when we hear from God, I know it can be be hard because, you know, am I hearing right? Am I hearing everything? Well, well, it's always a mix. Everything's a mix. Every person that preaches from here has a mix of God and their humanity and their experience and what's happened in their life and how they see things. And so... One of the important things is we've all also got to discern. We've all got discernment. Sometimes we don't listen to that discerning voice, but we've all got it. When we know, hey, don't do that, do that. Or you can hear someone. 
You know, some of you, when people are speaking from up here, some of you just go, oh, I don't, I'm not sure, that, I don't know whether I like that. And some of it is discernment to go, that's not quite right. And that's okay. It's a good thing. So we've got to listen. See, Adam listened to Eve, but he didn't discern. He didn't go, God, is, are you speaking? What, what's your... So we've all got to live in this stage where we're listening to people and then discerning. Discerning is when you just go, taking all that I knowledge in, in the Bible that I have, do I feel this is the right thing? And look, one of the biggest things that we need in our lives is to discern. A whole lot of you have got to discern who you're going to vote for. It's a discernment thing. Well, you, you weigh things up and you make a decision and you discern. Sometimes we get it right, sometimes we get it wrong. But we've got to be listening. Now, here's the thing with listening to listen, you have to stop talking. And so one of the things God kept telling me is that there's some people that talk too much. Me. (laughs) I talk too much. My wife doesn't because I don't want to get into trouble. (laughs) Some of us talk too much. And we need to listen more. Now there is also some of us who don't say anything that need to speak up. Some of us need to speak up on some things that we see in the spirit and we see around us and we see in lives. And again, we all need to discernment. We've all got to know when to listen and when to speak. And can I just give you a little tip? You should listen more than you speak. Can you listen? Can you hear? In 1 Corinthians 13, And I don't know whether I gave this verse. I think I got this afterwards. Oh, no, I did. Look at that. Let me just read you this. Now, our knowledge, so 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9, the love chapter, if you know. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete. Even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we can see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But, when, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But, when I will know, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. God gives us glimpses. And you know, if you've got a prophetic word or you ever get a prophetic word, it's a glimpse. It's a little bit fuzzy. It's not always that clear. And what do we do? We, we, we park it. We look at bits and go, okay, God, I want to discern that. Uh, we do have to go, well, these things I, I, I've, I've had before. You know, when you get things a couple of times, you start going, oh, I've got to wake up and listen. And I've got to go, right, now, now what am I going to do with that? And there are some decisions that we, we have always got to make to move forward. 
And, you know, over the years as a church, some of those decisions uh, have been tough. Some of them not everybody's been on board with. I was thinking about uh, doing the cafe that we did five years ago. We did the extension. I had a number of people come and say, no, we're not to do the cafe. The cafe is wrong. It's the wrong thing. We shouldn't do it. Shouldn't do it as a business. There was, there was quite a few. Some of them were, were people on, on the board. We had a totally different board to what we have now. And, and so, not totally. David and Fran was, were on that board. And, you know, we went to God, and everybody in the end said, okay, yes, we'll do this. But some of them weren't sure whether it was the right thing to do. And it's easy now, five years down the track, everybody comes and says, oh, cafe's a great thing. It's such a good thing having the community come in here. And it's worked. Now, here's the thing. I go, yeah, I think God told us there, but, but still also it's the grace of God that it works. And some of the reasons it worked were not because we were smart and thought them out. They were just things that we hadn't realized that make a difference. And it's exciting. And it's good. And, and it's part of that faith journey because faith means that you're never exactly clear what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. So we're on this journey. And we've all got to work out how do I know what God's saying? And so the first thing that I feel that's critical to us, and look, I've only got halfway through this, um, the first revelation you've got to have is that you are in the right place at the right time. You've got to know that you're a part here. You've got to know whether you're called here or not. And I'm, I'm very relaxed about it because I've got a, a far wider view now of the kingdom of God. I don't actually mind what church people go to as long as they're going to church. I feel as a church we're called to some things, but we're, we're not the only church in this city. There's some great churches. I'm involved with some of the churches here in the city that are doing phenomenal things. So, so it's not about which church, it's which church God's calling you to be in. Now, for the majority, you're in the right place. Just relax and enjoy it. This is going to be a fun ride. Because you're going to find your purpose. You're going to find what God's called you to do and what God wants you to do. Now, here's the first thing we've all got to remember is that we're all broken. You know that, eh? We've all got brokenness in our lives. I'm broken. You're broken. Some of our families are broken. It's just the way life is. And the church is broken, it's because the world is broken, and we bring in the world, and we've got a broken in here. Now, here's the exciting place. This is where we heal. This is where wholeness starts to come. And this is where, you know, I've talked about, this is family. I've got two families that, that, are, that are both important. I've got my, my natural family and my spiritual family, and they both are important. And, and, you know, sometimes I, I think we have grace for one more than the other. Some of us have more grace for the people in our physical family than we do for the people in the church family. And I go, man, we've got to lift our level of grace and mercy for people. And sometimes we have more mercy for the people in church than we do for our own family at home. So we've got to, all got to bring and lift up our, our level of mercy for each other and grace and love for each other. Because we've all got to recognize that even within us, there is brokenness. But what's phenomenal is God uses us while, he's, while we're broken. 
Isn't it quite phenomenal that God uses it? I keep getting the picture of, of Nehemiah. He's working on the wall, but he's got a sword in his hand. He's fighting, but he's also working on himself. We've all got to be able to work on ourselves. So here's the first thing that I kept feeling God say to me, is that uh, there's this little saying that I keep saying to people is that we can see from afar, but we can't see up close. What does that mean? You can see the things that are wrong in my life, and I can't see them myself. You can see the things that are wrong in the government. That's pretty easy, actually. We can all do that. Um, <laughs> you can see what's wrong in another church. You can see what's wrong in an- We can all see what's wrong. We can see from afar, but we can't always see for ourselves. In fact, sometimes we don't want to see for ourselves. And the challenge is, and if you'd heard me a few months ago, it all starts with you. It all starts with you working on yourself. We've got to work on ourselves. But to actually work on yourself, you need somebody to say something to you, to point some things out. Even sometimes the closest person to you can't see the things. Does that make sense? I just needed to say the closest person because otherwise some spouses are going to go home and, right, I need to talk to you about all the things I see in your life and that's not going to be a good place to be in. (laughs) See, we've got to look at these things and deal with them in our lives. We've got to look at it and, and, and we're going to go on a journey on that. Now, here's what's cool. We're a family and it's going to be done in a, in, in a way of love because our number one thing is we love each other. We love God and we love people. We love God and we love people. So at times, you know, that's the whole verse, uh, verse, verse 1 to, to, I think, 10 on, on 1 Corinthians 13 that we love. Love, love covers a whole multitude of sin. Love just loves a person. Love loves them because they want to see them get whole. Now, just out of curiosity, does everyone know that there's something in their life that needs working on? Just give me a nod. Don't, don't put your hand up because you know, that might be a bit... I, look, I'm totally convinced that we've all got stuff on our lives to work on. I've got stuff on my life that God's got to work on. Do you know if God worked on everything in your life at once, you'd be a blubbering mess on the floor. He's got grace and mercy. He works on one or two things at a time. And he slowly works on them. And and we become more whole. We become healed. We become less broken. And then our whole purpose is to help bring heaven on earth around us to heal people around us, to, to make a difference. And that's what uh, the picture is for us as a church. We're here to make a difference. I believe we're here as a church to change the world. Now, our first area that, that Pastor John kept saying to us is Tauranga. Say in Tauranga, that's your first place. Well, it starts at your home and it starts for me and my home. It starts in here. But man, it's going to be exciting. Now, the second thing I just felt I, I should just talk about, because I talked about it with the musicians this morning, um, we've got to be spiritually aware. Now, last Sunday night, and I don't want it to, to take over from our whole vision of what happened for increase, but last Sunday night, uh, if you weren't here, there was a bit of excitement. 
a guy came into the, to the church with his shirt off, or whether he took it off, and, and got all excited, and he was on something of some... He came running up onto the stage. He did a pretty perfect backflip on the stage, and then he started swearing all sorts of obscenities, and uh, we thought, oh, no, what's going to happen? And two of our strongest guys, Kelly and uh, Andre, were straight up on stage to grab the guy to take him off. And then a few of the boys got together and helped him, and about eight of them took him quickly outside the door. And thank you to those guys who did that. Now, oh, yeah, give him a hand. Well, well done. <laughs> now, God told me today on the way that he said, I warned you about that, Alan. I went, oh, I warned you that that was going to happen. I, we got a prophetic word about a two weeks ago, that there would be an increase of demonic activity and things happening. About 18 months ago, you can play, we're just about finished. <laughs> about 18 months ago, I was sitting in my, uh, in, in my lounge watching a movie and I heard my garage door go up. It was about 12 o'clock at night. I thought, oh, what's that? What's happening? But I didn't really take much notice because we've got teenagers and I just thought, Andre's probably just doing something, you know. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I just sort of sat there. Now, at that stage, we had a bedroom in the garage that Andre was in. About 10 minutes later, Andre bursts into, into the lounge going, Dad, Dad, there's someone in the house. I went, ooh. Okay. So I jump up and I go, let's go have a look. So we, we run out outside and having a look. We're having a look in the garage, and he, 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 we can't find anyone. And he says to me, Dad, I could, I could hear them. The garage door went up, and I could hear them outside in the car. They'd broken into our car and got the garage door opener. And, and he said, I could hear them, and I was just lying there in bed, and I could hear them coming. And then they did the garage door, and then they just waited to see if anyone came out. I was sitting on the couch watching a movie. <laughs> So, so I came, so, so he said, and they came into the garage and they sort of looked around and then for some reason they, they took off and went. And then he came running in and, and I went out and we were looking around. So now, now I'm going, oh, we'll, we'll ring the police because they're good. So I ring the police and uh, they said, oh, we can't do anything. We're too busy at the moment. I go, okay. And then they rang back about three minutes later. I'm sending a guy with a dog. And I thought, oh, that's, that's pretty interesting. Half an hour later, this guy turns up at the door, policeman. He said, just stay inside. Uh, I'll just have a look around, see if I can see anything. Half an hour later, this dog picks up their trail. This policeman finds them, and he's about to get to them. They take off in the car. They, go get, they have a crash. Uh, one gets away, one gets caught. All very, all very exciting. Uh, the policeman came the next day to, because we'd gone around the neighbourhood and found different things that they'd dropped and tried to pick up, and it was like they were quite opportunist. And and so we're, you know, looking at that, and he said, "Oh, you know, I do all the thieves thefts around uh, Tauranga, and I've been doing it for about 20 years, and I haven't been in this area in the last 18 years, so it's pretty safe." And I thought, "Yeah, I'm sitting on the couch." And an alarm goes off and I did nothing. I just sat there. And I just felt for us as a church, 
you don't need to worry about people coming in. Nobody else. Oh, we haven't had anybody else around our house since. So, so I don't want people to get fearful. You don't need to get fearful. But what I do think we need to realize is that we're in a spiritual war. There's an enemy that's trying to take our families, take our city, and they're trying to get into church. They're trying to get into your home. And, you know, Pastor John talked about it. That's why I think you've got to listen to the first message. We've got to guard our own houses spiritually. You need to pray through your house. We need to pray through the church. You need to pray for the church. You need to pray for us. You don't need to worry because, you know, we've got some big boys in here. We've got, we've got plenty of people that just nothing's going to happen. But we need to be aware when the enemy just gives you a little warning spiritually. So why don't you stand?